0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. And it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Questions podcast from the WTC Gig-Powered Studios. I am Tim Fitzgerald, and I am beleaguered. Beleaguered? Beleaguered. Also with me, Riley Gates right there, Zach Carlson. We're sponsored by The Fridge. Last night against the Baylor Bears, a much better team than Kansas State, I get it, broke my spirit. Kansas State was not competitive in that game. Do not be fooled by the final score if you didn't watch it. That was a 30-point loss that changed late in the game when Baylor knew it was going to cruise to a victory, and Kansas State finally got the matchup it needed against the walk-ons and scrubs. If Baylor's walk-ons and scrubs had played the whole game, K State might have won. Might have won. Uh did they play that guy who does the videos of dribbling and then taking horrific shots but looks really good? I don't remember that guy's name. He was at the All Star game. Oh, I didn't know. Celebrities watch the weekend. Game. You know who I'm talking about? I think so. The fat guy that plays a point guard and he Oh everything. Oh. I swear to God Baylor had his brother. <laughs>
0: There was one kid that they were cheering for, like the crowd had not cheered that loud all night until this kid got in he
2: was he's like a powerpoint of shots, yeah, he's like a powerpoint he's he's like uh six foot one two eighty
0: to be honest, everything that happened after k State fell behind uh thirty
2: four and just it was just blank after that blur i, I wondered if um what took place at tech. And then what transpired against Texas, it didn't mark the end of the season for the team. That they had just kind of chucked it in. They're going to play out the string. Uh, look, Baylor's really good, but not that much better. I mean, they were...
0: K-State played really well with Baylor here, aside from the first seven. K-State fell behind 20-4
2: to here and still lost by only six points. That's my point. The fight is gone. They don't really have that fight to climb back into things right now. You know, and it gets easier on Saturday with Kansas. That should be... Nice. It'll be an enjoyable day at the old uh, ball yard. We're sponsored by the fridge. They'll make your day enjoyable. Get into the fridge at the corner of this and that. I need to look up a fridge special. Riley, talk about something. Oh, I
0: know that the fridge is currently selling uh, kiwi lime natty seltzers. It's a new flavor. Really? Yes. Uh, I, for one, don't think I'd care for that flavor. Um, I'm not a big kiwi guy. I'm, I'm all right with kiwi, or but. Is it ki- not kiwi lime? Uh, kiwi strawberry. That's okay. what it is. Oh, that's not bad. Those two go together. Yeah, they go together. Um, but I just don't like kiwi a whole lot. I don't know. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Who knows? Still on that Bud Light Seltzer train, which is sold at the fridge. They're out? No, I mean, it is. Oh, it's, sold? And found out last night that Crown Royal is bringing Crown Peach back again, and I'm sure the fridge will have that as well.
2: Well, that's nice. That's nice. You're a big uh, Crown and Peach fan. Crown Peach, not Crown and Cr- Peach. Crown, Crown and Peach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got Crown Peach. Just well, pour regular Crown we're in and gonna squeeze a Peach. We're going to head over to Tanner's and take some Crown and Peach shots, and I'm going to ask you, is it really any different than Crown Peach? <laughs> I I would read this, what is now in. Oh, there's the Natty Light right there. Yeah, uh, That's weird. But I can't read this. Would the, you like me to read the it for stone you? Stone Brew Never Ending. I don't know. Uh, here, read that. What does that Is say? Your eyes struggling this much? Uh, well, the Stone
0: Brewing Never Ending Haze IPA.
2: Okay, I was I was putting together. He was Hayes. trying to
0: read Haze IPA as a word because it was <laughs> so, a, it's a Hay- hashtag. Hazy Pia.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. The caffeine isn't fully registering. Would you like me to read this fridge? Go daddy? ahead.
0: Go ahead. It must be Tutti Frutti Tuesday because check out this lineup. We've got the new Natty Seltzer House. It's called House Rules. The Stone Brewing Never Ending Haze IPA with flavors of orange, lemon, oats, lemon. They said lemon twice. And pineapple. And the last. And lastly, the Flying Embers Black Cherry Kombucha. Wow, man! What has happened to
2: alcohol? Seriously, what has happened out? Tutti Fruity Tuesday.
0: Well, it was Tutti Fruity Tuesday. Today Seriously, is Wednesday. It's Whiskey that, Wednesday.
2: That sounded like an advertisement for candy. <laughs> well, that's what the millennials like, Fitz. Boomers Unite. <laughs> get back our man drinks.
0: Well, you better go get some of that if you're gonna listen to the first half of this podcast. Yeah, no we gotta doubt. talk about K-State basketball.
2: We are going to discuss basketball in the first half of this podcast and hang on to your britches. It may not be fun. People aren't having fun right now. Um, I am straight up not having a good time <laughs> with Kansas state basketball. I mean, it's our podcast numbers. Oh my goodness. People are like, Oh, they're going to talk about basketball. I think I'll do the dishes. By the way, this first half is uh, sponsored by Tanner's. I know we'll, get, we'll get, actually this is a rare occasion when people are like, Oh yes, do some more reads, do that, do that instead of talk about basketball. Speaking of quality basketball, the NCAA tournament starts in a few short weeks. And at Tanner's this year, Fake Paddy's Day falls Saturday, March 21st. The day is also the start of the round two of the NCAA tournament. And Tanner's Aggieville will not be participating in Fake Paddy's Day. Instead, they will focus on the NCAA tournament. If you want to come to watch some basketball, have some cold drinks, and eat some great food with your, your go-to spot is Tanner's if you are coming to Aggieville just to get faked up. you know what that means, you will be turned away at the door or very quickly asked to leave. Tanner's is about hoops on this fake Paddy's day. And you know what, guys? We are free to watch basketball at the the NCAA tournament this year. Hey, hold on. Team might get hot in Kansas City. Holy crap. Well, let's talk about that possibility of Kansas State making a huge run here at the end of the season, winning the Big 12 championship and getting into the NCAA tournament field with a losing record. I'm sure someone's asked. Here's your questions from Wild Bass Station. Here's Zach. From Purple Powerhouse, I know a lot of people now are saying that these
3: bad seasons are just something that happens to all programs, but I just can't make myself believe it. I see no reason why we should have to suffer through awful seasons like this every three to four years. Sneed, Jada, McCall should have all been ready to lead this
0: team. Am I missing something? Nope. Nope. Not missing anything at all. Seasons like this don't happen. Rebuilding seasons happen. And everybody wants to, all right, let's just bring it in to Bob Huggins because everybody, for some reason, feels the need to plaster Bob Huggins out there as he has had struggling seasons at West Virginia. That's fair. Okay. In 2012-13, he had a rebuilding season. He went 13-19, 6-13 in the conference. The next year, 17-16. and 16. Nine and nine in the Big 12 conference—that's a rebuilding season. Even last year, they went 15 and 21. They were four and 14 in the Big 12. They were pretty bad in Big 12,
2: but they won 15 regular season games. But last year would have been like at West Virginia if Xavier Sneed had been suspended the entire season. Right? They lost Issa Mod, uh, a couple other players. Yeah, I'm blanking off the top of my head, but this is not normal. And we've been saying that for weeks. This is the team of Bruce's choosing. There has been one unexpected departure from this team, a third string point guard who at times might have helped. I understand that, but in reality, belongs at a low Division I basketball program, which is where he's at now. This is the team of Bruce's choosing. These are his guys. He picked them on the recruiting trail. Okay, James Love III has foot injuries. Wow, that's devastating to the program. Maybe if they had Neil Sean Williams and whatever room, <laughs> other name Attorney from, at law. Yeah, you want to put in there. Uh, I, and James Love, they'd be two points better. Three maybe. I don't know. This team isn't competitive. And again, nothing devastating has happened to this team. This was the team that it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be Mac and X and Cardi and a bunch of young guys. And let's go get them. They're going to be so good. People were talking about the NCAA tournament. I never really saw that. I thought the bubble was the very far upside of this team. I don't know. It... This is a bad team. Did I ever, ever imagine this bad? No, I don't think any of us did. But it's now in full collapse. And I repeat, nothing devastating has happened to this roster to cause this. What caused this was all internal. Recruiting and coaching and preparing players to step up and be leaders. None of that has taken place this year. This team's bad and it was made to be bad. And just, when, when you get doubled up in the...
0: Well, I guess they technically didn't get doubled up in the first half. Excuse me. They were getting doubled
2: up in the second half at yeah. one point. They were down 30. Wait. No, they
0: did. It was yeah.
2: 50 to 24 at halftime. They got doubled up. Yeah they, yeah, they were still being doubled up in the second half when the lead grew to over 30. They were trailing by 34 points at one time. They
0: flirted with... Giving up the most points in one half in school history and nearly gave up. They nearly gave up the most points in a game coached by a Bruce Weber team. The Arizona State had 92 in Las Vegas a few years back in that shootout, 92 to 90. So I just, this is, this is a, there's not one good, I literally, <laughs> somebody was trying to make a case for the team yesterday on the boards and they said, uh, the thing that is killing the team right now is we have no offense, and our defense is not as good as it was.
2: So basketball is bad is what that translates to. But they look great in warm-ups, which the announcers mentioned. They looked really good at shoot-around. Yeah. Notice it's called shoot-around, not make-around. <laughs> wow. Kansas State performs well at shoot-around.
3: From ContraCat. Clearly losing a Barry Brown as a leader as well as a Dean and Kamau was something this team wasn't ready to replace. How do you analyze Bruce on that front considering that it seems to be the most significant deficit
0: this squad has? I think Bruce probably just assumed, as we all really did, hey, Cartier and Xavier will step up and be good leaders both in terms of their play and in terms of their uh, off-court leadership. And he, you know, they'll lead the freshman. I don't think he was expecting to have to rely on Dejuan Gordon to be a leader and Mike McGurl to be the most inspiring player on the team. I don't think he was counting on that. And, And to his credit, to Bruce Weber's credit, he shouldn't have to rely on them. Guys like Xavier Sneed and Cartier Giada should have stepped up this season. McCall Maywing should be a leader after being in the program for three years now. But guess what? None of them did. And that's on those players that's their fault, but Bruce Weber also should have realized at some point in time and got after him. I think he's given him a pass. Oh, well, Xavier, that's just not the type of guy Xavier is. Well, it might not be the type of guy he is, but it's the type of guy he has to be.
2: Well, then why didn't you go find someone that was that type of guy? I mean, honestly, it. this didn't hit your program like a meteor, an asteroid, like it came out of nowhere. You knew for years that the core of your team were these three guys, particularly Barry Brown. Uh, look, Dean Wade and Kamala Stokes, great players, had their great roles, but Barry was the backbone of the program for three years. Yeah. And I mean that. He was the backbone of the program for three years, not the coaches, Barry. This team belonged to Barry. It belonged to Roddy Magruder. Eventually, it belonged to Marcus Foster. We saw where that led. And then it belonged to Barry. Now, what scares me is the way this season's unfolding. I don't know if any of these freshmen are in a spot to to step up and say this is my program next year. Maybe David Sloan. I thought DeJuan Gordon was going to get there, and boy, has he hit the wall. He's just he's done. He's he's a turnover machine. He's not playing well. I think he wants us to be done. This didn't just happen. You didn't foster and create leadership within the younger ranks of your team. Nobody was prepared to step up. And if you recognize that this just isn't in their nature, which I think in hindsight, we can easily say that's true of X and Cardi, excuse us for not understanding it, we're not with them every day. We assumed when you said it was going to be okay, you saw leadership in them. Now you're saying they're not leaders. Why didn't you go find a leader on the recruiting trail? Uh, and maybe you did, but if you expected a freshman really to be able to overcome what the juniors and seniors wanted to say, it obviously hasn't happened. It's very frustrating. I'm going to say it for a third time and maybe the third time of ten. This is the team of Bruce Weber's choosing. From Powercat Ryan.
3: How much is this season slowing the momentum K-State has been building since the hire of Bob
0: Huggins? I actually don't think it is because that momentum got halted to
2: a stop when Bruce Weber did this the first time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It burned it to the ground once. He's burned it to the ground twice. And maybe the rebuilds don't happen as quickly as I think they should when the problem is yours. If you inherit someone else's problem – I'm going to give you three, four years. Yeah, You need need that. But when you inflict that on your own program, you don't get three or four years. This is nuts. I mean, I look back and think of the criticism I took for saying Bruce should have been removed. There was no way to know that he was going to go Elite Eight, Big 12 champion. And now everyone's saying, like, well, that's going to happen again. They'll rebuild next year, and then they'll make a run. And We don't know that. You know, just because yesterday was sunny doesn't mean tomorrow will be sunny. You just don't know. Look, he's great at putting together teams over the long run. But, man, if next year is another 5-6 win season, I don't think K-State fans are going to muster through this. No. This has been so much worse than what anyone else could imagine that I'm seeing good fans, loyal fans, saying this is enough. Well, I got news for you. No change is going to be made. It just isn't going to happen, that, nor should it. It's not like I'm saying that just because I, I don't think Gene Taylor will make a move. He shouldn't make a move. They're coming off a Big 12 championship. Let's give the coach another year to see what kind of progress he can make with this. And by progress, I mean they better be in the middle of this conference. Because if being in the middle of the conference is too much to ask, what has happened to K-State basketball? I mean, I, I, this is what I went through last time. But they went 8-10. Oh, so being below average is cool. I'm not cool with that. Is being average in your conference on a consistent basis too much to ask. It shouldn't be, but now we look at Bruce's overall record. I don't have it in front of me. His Big 12 record—it's got to be right back down there, right around 500. His overall record
0: at K-State is 159 and 108. What about his conference record? You got that? I don't have that handy right now.
2: I can work to get it. It's just so frustrating. This—he's uh, going to get another year, folks. He's going to get another year. But I'm going to say it right now, and I want everyone to understand that I'm saying it now and not next season when there's struggles. You don't get to devastate your own roster and then have an excuse that we're so young. You you under-recruited for years, and now you've got having to go out and get four, five, six, seven guys in a recruiting class. You don't get to say, well, we're really young well why is that? You gotta pick up the pieces and move forward with it.
0: This is Bruce Weber's what? Eighth season right now? He's seventy one and seventy in Big Twelve play. And if he loses out the rest of the season these last three games, he'll be seventy-one and seventy-three. Ouch. I thought Kellis said it really well on the Insiders Podcast. It's not like this is the first time this has happened at K State. It's not like this is the first time it's happened. In his career. This is just what happens. And if you're okay accepting that, then I guess you are. But some of us are not.
2: good. Right.
3: From Kned, why is it teams are only a reflection of the coach when they are winning,
0: but it is players who don't get it when they are losing? I just, I, yeah, exactly. I don't get that. A lot, of, a lot of talk out there right now about Bruce Weber not being responsible for this team or Bruce Weber doing as good of a coaching job with this team as anyone else would do. You know what a bad coaching job is? Scoring one bucket in the first seven minutes of the game for three straight games. Because that's what's happened to this team.
2: Well, That's bad coaching. Because I've got news for some of you that want to say it's the players. These are the players of his choosing. Have I said that? This is the team he put on the court. He gets to go out and recruit guys and bring them to the program, and this is what he's chosen for this team.
0: I think there's an echo in here.
2: I know. Yeah, it's the players only scoring the points, but who picked them? How's their offense this bad? Well, his offenses are never good. But this is bad. His offenses are never good. He's a defensive coach, and they are only good when you have guys that just go get buckets. Like, I can hit a three-pointer here. I can break down the defense and get to the rim there. They just don't have those guys. They can't shoot from the outside, and they can't consistently score driving to the rim. They can't score 70. This is what you're left with. And the problem is now is their defense has fallen off the edge of the table so bad by halftime, they they couldn't possibly outscore the other team even if they do a great job on defense in the second half. They just can't overcome these deficits when teams score 40, 50 points in the first half. Baylor scored more than 50 points at halftime by halftime. K-State isn't going to beat that. The game was over. <laughs> They were lucky to break
0: 50. Somebody said if Baylor took a shot clock violation every possession of the second half, would we have a chance? And I said, are you asking me if the worst offensive team in the Big 12 can double, more than double their production in
2: the second half? I'll take Baylor. Yeah, and they ended up doing it only because Baylor said, okay, go have some buckets. Yeah.
3: From ContraCat, how serious do you take the end of this season if the guys can't rally for one win on the back half of conference play?
0: Honestly, I don't take it any more serious than it is right now because I'll be honest with you, if they finish two and one, let's let's just hypothetically say they lose to KU, but they beat Oklahoma State and they beat Iowa State, I don't think this is any better. Why is four and fourteen just amazing that much more amazing than two and sixteen? Aside from beating KU, I don't really care what happens this season. Oh, you beat ninth place Oklahoma State, which has two more wins than you. One of those, which is already you. You beat Iowa State without Tyrese Halliburton. Cool. I only care if you beat KU at this point. That shows me that, eh, at least you cared enough to play KU. I,
2: I really don't care. It's, yeah. It's that bad. <laughs> it is that bad. Uh, yeah, really. Oh, you're right. Only beating KU at this point does anything to salvage the season. Beating Iowa State or Oklahoma State. Cool. Well, who else? I got text. That's it. That's, that's it. Oh, God. It's geez. It's the, one more week. The bandaid is almost ripped off. Beating Kansas can only salvage any kind of respect. Any other win doesn't matter unless they go on a run in Kansas City. But, yeah, I'm, I'll sell you some great uh, property along the Paseo if, if <laughs> that's going to happen. From I like
3: Pickle Scat. Can we bounce back from this season in 2021 or will we have to start a
0: slow climb from the bottom again? You're not gonna contend. You're not gonna be a top four team. You hope you can be a sixth place team. That's how sad is that? Mm-hmm. Your ceiling is sixth place next year, probably. And again, I've said it I've said it probably publicly and I've said it to a lot of people in text. I'm really worried that a lot of people out there are really banking on these freshmen. Suddenly coming in and being... Exact. Everybody out there seeing seen the numbers that Selton Miguel is putting up in high school and thinking that he's going to come in here and drop 27 on KU. And Kazuki's is going to go for 50 against Baylor. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen at all. Well, you know what's going to happen? They're going to have some nice games. I'm sure of it. I'm sure they'll have a 20-point game at some time. But then they're going to have an 0-for-8 game or a 2-for-10 and they're gonna turn the ball over six times. That's what freshmen do if you're not an elite five star freshman that's going to the draft. So yeah, you can maybe like everybody said it, I think we'll be I think K State will be better next year. You know why? Because it can't be much worse than this. No.
3: From PowerCat Ryan, how bad would next year have to be to fire
2: Bruce Weber? That's that's too vague. You know, I I'd love to give you an answer, Ryan. I'd love to say hard and fast. You kind of need to know what the context of the season is, yeah. too. I mean, I just said that having a young team isn't a good excuse, but what if they have three injuries? You know, what if they have a bunch of injuries and you really can't get an assessment of the team? Okay. Well, even with injuries, if they repeat this, yeah, probably. Well, and, you know,
0: let's say they go 3-15. Th- and 15. No. Yeah, yeah, 3-15 and 15 in conference play, but they went – you know, thirteen and one or whatever in non-conference play, and they beat some quality opponent. You know, like this year is a disaster in conference play, but it's also extra bad because they were really bad in the non-conference too. Mm-hmm. What if next year's non-conference is pretty good? So there's a lot of different moving parts there. I do think anything in a co- of a conference record under five, you know, five and thirteen is what they went in that disastrous season with with the Foster team and everything like that. I think if you're under five and thirteen. You might be having some conversations about it, but I, again, I don't know what Gene Taylor's thinking. I don't know where that bar is set. And like Fitz said, there's a lot of different factors that would go into it in order to, to change things.
3: From TN Cat, we know that Bruce Weber isn't going anywhere, but do you expect Gene Taylor to possibly suggest he make some changes to his staff?
0: Nope. No. Even if he suggested it, why would what, what would happen? He's not going to fire Jermaine Henderson. He just got hired. He's not going to fire Chris Lowry because he's going to take him you know, to the grave, I must say. <laughs> that's, that's a bad way to put it, but he's going to take him to the grave with him. The only person that could potentially be changed is Brad Korn, and he hasn't done it yet. Why is he going to do it now? And what would good with that exactly.
2: Well It's not like football where you bring in a defense coordinator and they run a whole different defense. I mean, they're going to run the same stuff next year. This is Bruce's stuff. I mean they're they're going to continue to do what Bruce wants. I mean changing recruiting at this level if a one coach is glaringly bad at game prep and they lose every game that that coach prepares over a span of time, I get it, but that that doesn't prove out on this team. They're just bad right now You, you change a re- recruiting aspect of your team in basketball when you change an assistant coach. Now, maybe it's fair to say you need to look at recruiting over the long span and, and make sure you're consistently doing it. As coaches say, and Tom Asbury used to always say, recruiting's like shaving. If you don't do it every day, you look like a bum. And they look like bums right now because they didn't, they recruited every day, but they didn't really recruit every day. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it's like they went through the motions, but they didn't really do it. They went out and watched recruits, but they didn't recruit them well. I mean, just going out to watch a bunch of games doesn't mean you're recruiting. It means you're watching a bunch of games. Now, they're not going to change anyone on the staff because Gene knows this, and he'll never, ever say it. Not only will one change on the coaching staff not make a difference, but then he's had a change on the coaching staff and maybe still has to fire the staff. Now he brought in a guy to unemploy a guy. This is your staff. He's going to ask. Is this what you want to have for this season? Because I know Gene. He will say we got to see improvement. Again, it'll be vague. It will. It won't be hard and fast. You got to get to five hundred in the conference. That's that's not the way ads work, unless they're real jerks. I mean, yeah. there's too many unknowns, too many outside factors, for the negative and for the positive. People, do I think last year's team, most seasons, wins a Big Twelve title? Probably not. But the outside factors were they were good enough to win. I think Tech was the better team last year. But they ended up tied with them, and that's cool. They split with them. I understand how it works. I get it. But if you look back over the long stretch of Kansas State basketball, that first Big 12 championship team he had, think about the players on that team. Back up and think about Magruder and J.O. and Gibson. Tay. Tay. Montavious, Angel—that's some dudes. They were just a good team. He did a great job coaching that team. Great job of stepping in and forming a team from the pieces he inherited. And He's just best off when it kind of feels like these are—you know—these are my pieces that I've inherited, and they're pretty good pieces. Let's put them together. We've got a—we've got a leader in the locker room. His name's Rodney, Barry, whatever his name is. Who's going to step up and fill the breach that is caused by a lack of leadership on this team? An inability to go identify leaders and cultivate leaders. I mean, that's the greatest gift a boss, a coach, whatever you want to define it has. Identifying and cultivating leaders, people that can get it done. When you can't be in charge Who is in charge? That's the biggest thing about sports teams. The coach isn't on the field. And Bruce said it. He said it after that tech fiasco. We need guys that are coachable and will be coaches on the court. And that's not happening.
3: From Fervent Purple... Will the All-Lavender uniforms go down in history like the cat script font in football? I like the All-Lavenders, but I think they will
0: always remind me of this historically awful season. No. No. This is a bad year. K-State basketball is not perpetually bad and the worst team in America and has been for
2: years. Let's have something nice out of this season. They did uniforms right. They're also alternates. (laughs) They're not the twice. (laughs) It's it's okay. Yeah, let's let's enjoy something about this season. I love the Wildcats script jerseys. I love the Lavenders. I wish they'd change the pants and the striping on the main uniforms, but so be it. They're still okay. The black ones are sexy. The Mm. black ones are okay. God, those shorts. I don't know why I love them, but I do. We got Turn sp- ahead the clock, Major League Baseball. We've got a split on the committee here. One loves the use of the power cat on the shorts. The other one does not. I am with Riley. Ah, yes. Okay.
3: Is that it? No. no. There's still more. Okay. From Cliff Clavin754, what percentage of fans this coming Saturday will be wearing purple and what percentage will be wearing red and blue? I feel... He fears a return to the Asbury slash woolly days of an arena with thousands of Squawk fans in it.
0: Got a text from my best friend last night. He's a KU fan. Oh, now we find out. <laughs> he, uh, he's coming to the game on Saturday because he got two tickets on the 10th row of Section 10 for $20 each. Two tickets on the 10th row right by the K-State bench. For $20 each. And if you go to kstatesports.com, they're selling the tickets for like $100. Yeah, so you got them from a ticket holder. Guys, I wouldn't pay $40 to go to this game if I didn't have a free credential to go. Why? Why would you pay $100? K-State, call up your fans right now. Whether they're current ticket holders, former ticket holders an alumni that doesn't have season tickets, call up K-State fans and sell them tickets very cheap.
2: Nobody is paying $100 to come to this game except for KU fans. Nobody is paying anything to come to this game right now. That's a great price he got. Name me a K-State fan, other than one that is in town that weekend from New York, or I never see him play, I never get to go to Bramlage a fan that's had an opportunity to see K-State all season long, are they going to choose this game to come to? Are they going to choose this game to spend their money, even if it's 20 bucks, to go sit and watch Bill Self and the rest of KU metaphorically shove a stool up their team's butt? And at the under four timeout, the,
0: that chant breaks out. I'm not talking about the FKU chant. I'm talking about KU's chant. And it fills Bramwich Coliseum, all because
2: of this season hey this this is what you get. you don't win games, fans don't show up. you open up the door to the other fans. It is in some ways exactly what happened under asbury and Woldridge. and and we've had this discussion on the message board. Is this like that? No, because this is a one season thing that was a that was a prolonged illness. This is like a really, really bad start of what could be something prolonged and you don't want it to be but this will be a good sampling of what life will be like if this continues
3: last question of the first half from ContraCat: if you have to put up a hundred dollars of your own money what line are you setting for saturday
0: i would put a hundred dollars down on k-state to cover the spread if it was ku favored by 18 points and i'm only giving k state a little credit because it's in bramlage and i think it'll be pretty rowdy for a
2: little bit of time i would need 19 and a half so they'll they'll so lose by less than 20 i'll give you that yeah, yeah. less so that's than probably 20. right less than
0: 20 points but look i think it's going to be close for a little bit because it'll be really loud at the start of the game and at the under 16 timeout maybe k state's leading 6 to 4 God forbid! I asked them to score six points in the first four minutes of the game. That, I know that'd be highlight real stuff.
2: Yeah, really, we'd have more at, than at forty-five the, seconds of a highlight. Game. At the team banquet, remember when we beat UNLV, who went on to beat San Diego State, and then we led Kansas at the first timeout, six to four. The memories we will hold on to. Oh, and beat West Virginia, who ended up to be Pretty average Virginia. Guys, KU
0: is playing like the national champions right now. They're so good.
2: As a he is. How are they going to stop him? I know we said that last time. People, if you haven't been watching Kansas, this is a different doke. This dude is mean, lean, and a fighting machine. He moves. He's, oh, man, he's so good right now. He's really good in the college game. I'm with you. I don't know where he fits in in the NBA, but... In the context of college, good luck. Good luck to anyone who attempts to stop him. Uh, it's going to take the officials to do it in the NCAA tournament. But that seems to happen, doesn't it? We'll be back on the Powercat Questions podcast sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor with questions about other stuff. We've pulled the Band-Aid off. Men's basketball is mostly done.
1: Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios.
2: Welcome back to the Powercat Questions podcast, the original podcast that covers Kansas State sports. I don't even know how long we've been doing this podcast. Well, I was in high school. I know. Man, Shane Howard started it. Shane's like 47 now. That's not true at
0: all. I just remember that was just what I did during the weeks. I listened to this podcast. I listened to uh, Mike Tufano's podcast. Wow. Salute.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mike T. I like that his, his uh, Twitter handle is the real Mike T. As if there's another one. There might be. I don't know. Mm. He's cool. only Mike T to me. I don't even know who Mike Tyson is. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Oh. Like two Asosopo? <laughs> <laughs> that Okay. Okay. We're sponsored by The Fridge. We talked about them a lot. They've got weird flavored weird stuff. If you like that in your weird mouth, go get it. You're weird. They've also got normal flavored stuff that you can consume as well. If you uh, are a traditionalist and don't like fruity flavors in your alcohols that shouldn't be fruitified or seltzerfied, Get into the fridge. They have all that stuff, too. If you want to just walk in and say, give me a Paps Blue Ribbon six-pack, they probably have that for you. They'll sell it to you, I'm sure. The fridge. The corner of this and that. Somewhere in this town. We hope. I mean, maybe someone stole it. You think the fridge would ever open up a another location in Manhattan? You can't in the state of Kansas. What? Unless that changes the latest liquor laws, it might have. You could only have one liquor sales license. Hmm.
0: But you have so you have to have one license for every store. You can't just like open up three stores
2: on one license. I see you baffled. But uh, I, but I think if they wanted to do it under the same ownership group, that's probably. I'm trying to think of
0: other liquor stores that. But have I mean, two locations. They could, but they can can't just think of pull any. another manager or somebody. The, and, the, Get his liquor license, right? Go
3: yeah, open but up another but then you
2: fridge. make him an owner, basically. It's
3: probably like Chick-fil-A. One franchisee per <laughs> store.
2: <laughs> um, what's the big liquor stores in Kansas City? If you watch their ad, there's only one on the Kansas McCormick's side. McCormick's? No, no. McGor- McGor- it's something. We've got it's to, to bleep the all that,
0: these out. Yeah. It's the thing that uh, Joel Goldberg advertises for, right? Yes.
2: Gold- Goldman's? We're not going to talk about it. No. Quit trying to guess. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's only one on the Kansas side. I think they might have changed that. I don't know. If so, I'm not sure he would. But putting a big old fridge on the other side of town or in Junction City might be a good idea. I don't know. Oh, well. Oh, well. We're also sponsored by the High Low, which gets their liquor from the fridge. And it's delicious with alcohol. I'm not sure if they're participating in Fake Paddy's Day. You know, if you remember Fake Paddy's Day for what it was, everyone had their foot in the pool. But now, So Long and Taco Lucha close. Annie Mae stays open for regulars until about midnight or something. Campus barbershop closes. I can't even get a drunk haircut.
0: Just
3: sad. Back when I was in high school and Fake Paddy's Day was first beginning. I definitely did get haircuts on Fake Baddies Day. It was a tradition. <laughs> yeah,
2: Pretty everyone, fun. everyone's bailing. It's too big of a hassle. Coldstone probably closes after their window got shattered that one year. And what's amazing is it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Yeah. It is so tame compared to what it was when people were lined up at bars at 9 a.m. And they were trying to have the road race. And people are barfing not runners during the road race. I mean, it's it's just so tame compared to that. And now all the heavy drinking is all around town like I predict it would be. It's more fun. squeeze the toothpaste tube, and the toothpaste goes everywhere. And that's what the city did with Aggieville. They squeezed it, and people took their parties elsewhere. Anyhow, go to the high-low. Fake patties day or not, wonderful place, wonderful service, great food, unique drinks, Man, best pizza in town. Yeah, it yeah. really is. AJ's pizza served at the High Low. Let's get going now with your questions from All Bass Station. Let's not stall anymore. We covered the tri- tragedy. Tragedy. <laughs> wow, that is men's basketball in the first half. Let's move on to other topics, including some basketball. Here we go.
3: From KNED. Gene Taylor said jersey retirements will be reviewed on a case by case basis. Did he say who is on the committee to review each case
0: and how do I get on it? Uh, yeah, he did not say who was specifically on the committee. Uh, KNED would be an interesting selection considering how in detail he goes on the boards with his uh, rafter reviews. Those are pretty good.
2: Absolutely. <clears throat> I thought I was... Ed, email me at tim.fitzgerald at goparkhead.com. E- e- shoot me an email. I'll make your presence known to Gene. It. We need to get moving on this. I thought it was an interesting. I appreciate Gene's time. First off,
0: for the story that was, telling for me, and I'm not. I'm not totally blaming Gene, but I'm not also giving him a free pass on this because Gene has been here since 2017, and they've had no discussions about Jersey retirements. He said, if you didn't read the story, and I just think that's. I think it's a little irresponsible of K State to not have any conversations whatsoever, especially since the topic has been brought up multiple times over the last three years. Uh, I agree.
2: I mean, it's just when was the last time they did this? Two thousand nine. This is another function of not having enough K Staters in the department. The department's really well run. It's not like I'm complaining that they don't do a good job. This this is a really good athletics department, but they just don't. They're not tapped into these things. You know, there's one prominent person that's a K-Stater, but this should be done. I mean, there's just, as K-Net has pointed out, there's just a couple guys, Dick Knottsman and Rick Harmon, that absolutely should be up in the rafters. Knottsman's up there. Okay, Hoopman, You're thinking of uh, Ed Neely. Howie Shannon. Oh, yes, him too. There's a couple old-timers, Howie Shannon and Rick Harmon, that need to be in the rafters, absolutely should be in the rafters. Howie Shannon's a two-time All-American. On the Final Four team. Not in the rafters. And then you come to Ed Neely. And the problem with Ed is, was it k that pointed out, he was an eye of the beholder type yeah. guy. You had to, stats don't properly dignify his value in K-State basketball history. But he was incredibly special.
0: I told the guys the other day, if you'd have put a gun to my head and asked me if Steve Henson was in the rafters, I would have said yes, because I just thought he was. And he's not. Oh, yeah. And then, by the way, there's the all-time leading scorer in program history, Jacob Holland uh, and Michael Beasley, who potentially had the greatest season in the history of K-State basketball.
2: Now, I know those are the guys when people are saying, we need to get these guys in the rafters. Folks, we got some cleaning up in aisle one to do. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't put – I love Jake and Mike to death. Like, I want them up there as bad as
0: anybody does, but I don't want to see them up there before some of these older guys because the further along we get from them – A, we don't know how much longer those people are going to be with us. They're not.
2: The older guys aren't.
0: And B, we're going to forget about them if we continue to go on and on and on. They have been forgotten.
2: Exactly. They have been forgotten by the people that matter that are deciding that because right now nobody's deciding that. It's time to move on this. I don't think there's any doubt. And in a season that will clearly be rebuilding, how about they tie next season's promotional campaign to the history and put a bunch of guys in the rafters throughout the season. We just named, what, six guys that belong there? Maybe try to arrange it where you have some kind of historical reference, all nine home basketball games in the conference. Where do you sit on Mike? Mike belongs up there. Thank you. Absolutely. I don't care if it was one season. It was... He was the best player in college basketball that season. Hands down. He, he was,
0: I will argue that Michael Beasley had one of the most dominant college basketball seasons, was one of the most dominant college basketball players ever. I mean, really, right. think about it. And the only reason, you would know this better than us, I am I got always got the vibe that he loved K-State. I think he probably loved it just as so much as all of us, but he had a chance to do something good for his family, and yeah. everybody in the world
2: would do that. Well, I believe he has now said he wished he'd stayed a second season. Yeah. I mean, he's said that before. And I uh, he really got pressured into going pro to get money for the family. It would have been dumb to not. It seemed like he was a surefire hit, but he wasn't maturity-wise. He wasn't ready for the league, let alone getting sent to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I said that over and over. He needed to be in Minnesota or Milwaukee or someplace like that, like Kansas State, where he's in a contained bubble, and he's not able to go run wild like he did in Miami. But okay. anyhow, I just wanted to make he sure. belongs up there. Barry eventually belongs up there, probably so. Dean, maybe. This is why you wait five years. That this is a perfect example. Will a five-year waiting period make it clear that Dean belongs in the Rafters or does not belong in the Rafters? We'll get clarity on that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. But I think next season, when you could have a roster of 10 guys or so that are freshmen and sophomores, would be a great time to remind the fans and the players how good K-State basketball was through the years and put those guys up in the rafters and have other things tied to the history of Kansas State basketball every Big 12 home game. I know some of those are going to fall on Tuesdays, so maybe you you tie the rafters ones into the Saturday games as best you can. Maybe if you have a big non-conference game on a Saturday at home, like Wichita State. <laughs> Boy, I'd like how I tied those together.
0: Play South Carolina in the SEC Challenge and retire Jake. That's honestly— They'll never do it. They'll never (sighs) do it unless Frank retires.
2: Honestly, that's—to get Jake up there in the short period of time, that's what you need to do. He wants Frank there. Frank's a little busy during basketball. The only way to do it is to have South Carolina come in for the SEC Challenge and play him. If only— It seems like that would be a good move in a season in which you're trying to get fans in the stands next year because it's going to be a struggle, I think. Just Let's get going on this. Let's get moving. Let's stop talking about it. Um, And Knet, do email me, and I will pass that on in a letter to Gene and and say, you know, I, I can find people to be on the committee if you want. Let's get going. A couple of women's soups questions
0: from KSU Cat 80. Will the Lady Cats make the NCAA tournament? Probably not. No, they're, they're 500 in Big 12 play right now, um, which is fine. They've made it under 500 in Big 12 play before. But the problem is their non-conference was just really bad. They really struggled. Yeah. And, I mean, in fairness, they played, like, Oregon in the non-con. I mean, they played, like, three four ranked teams in their non-conference. So – Yes, they did battle test themselves, but you can only you only get so much credit for battle testing yourself before it's kinda like, okay, you gotta start
2: winning some games. I'm less definitive on it. I think if they have a little surge here, win a couple games and they're in Kansas City this year, right? Yeah. Um they could get over the hump because of that schedule and the Big Twelve kinda of being the league conference in women's basketball. They weren't on Charlie Cream's bubble.
0: Uh, Charlie Cream is the Joe Lenardi of women's hoops. See a dork too. Uh, not as much of a dork okay. as Joe Lenardi. They were not on the bubble um, the other night. They are currently 13 and 12 overall, and they're seven and seven in Big 12 play. So here's their remaining schedule tonight. They play Iowa State at home. Then they go to Baylor, to Oklahoma State, home against KU. I think you can go three and one. I think they'll probably go 2 and 2. They'll probably lose tonight. I'll hypothetically say they go 3 and 1, so they're they're 16 and 13 and that would make them 10 and 8 in the Big 12. Maybe you're a bubble team and then you go win a game in Kansas City and sneak in as a very low seed. I would expect they will be a high seed in the WNIT and host. So we'll see how that crowd would be. I'll go cover it. Also from KSU Cat 80. How good is Aoka Lee? The mm. one of the best players in college basketball right amazing. now. amazing. I tweeted this the other day. I don't know a lot of women's basketball players out there. In fairness, outside of the Big Twelve, but I can't imagine there's a freshman out there better than her. She's won like eleven straight Big Twelve player, uh, Big Twelve freshman of the week honors.
2: She's averaging a double double. Her numbers are amazing at any level, any year of your competition. She's a freshman. It's it's
0: really remarkable what she's doing And I think her production might Suffer a little bit next year when you lose Peyton Williams I mean you're going to have you're going to lose a little Bit of that you know one two punch Yeah down there. you can't
2: you can just focus on her
0: But you also are bringing in another ta- Program's tallest player under Jeff Mitty next year and Taylor Lauterbach Six foot seven Jeez. They make women At six foot seven do you know that Yeah it's crazy
2: yeah If you were back on uh, Farmers Only You'd know this So yeah, we'll see how she
0: progresses, but it definitely looks like she's off to a very impressive uh, start to her career, and next year hopefully is better if they can get some guard play.
3: From some football questions now from Lady Cat in Texas, how is Coach Snyder
2: doing, and do you run into him? No, I I, I think he's fine, and no, I don't run into him. I think he travels quite a bit, goes out and speaks. He's been at some basketball games. Yeah. God bless his soul. Yeah, he doesn't even have to go. Yeah, um, it, it's just very interesting now with Sean heading to L.A. Well, we'll, we'll get there. She, we'll get there. So oh, she asked that this
3: next. Did he have any influence on Sean getting hired at USC?
2: I don't know. I honestly don't know. Sean's got a pretty good reputation for special teams, and USC was really bad. Nebraska was bad. Texas was bad. All those schools wanted him, and USC was the one that gave him an actual coaching position, not an analyst position. I'm sure somebody called Bill Snyder and said, Oh,
0: yeah. What do you think of? Like you would give him a bad reference? Right. It's tough to ask your dad or ask the person's dad to give them a critical job performance well, he evaluation. He didn't put his toys away when he was a kid. <laughs> I mean in in that sense yeah sure Bill Snyder had influence but it, it's it's not like Bill Snyder had a long standing relationship with Clay Helton and yeah. called in a favor you know like we kind of speculated with that North Carolina thing rumors a year Absolutely. ago. Uh no I mean I think I think Sean was was qualified for the position USC needed somebody that was willing to potentially coach on a one year staff that is Sean so yeah, I mean, I, it's probably a good hire for them. It's a good opportunity for, for Sean. Like he got a two-year contract, so he he was wise in that. Uh, Ryan Black has a—I ex- haven't read it yet—an extensive Q&A with Sean uh, about the job. So I'm really interested to see kind of what he had to say. I would suggest you people go read that in the Manhattan Mercury if you're interested in hearing what Sean had to say. but. We'll see how it goes. Like I said, I, I think he'll be out of a job in a year, but I don't think that'll be Sean's fault, and I think that'll be Clay Helton's fault.
2: It's almost like Ryan's boss is one of Sean's best friends. Huh. I don't know how that works. Damn.
3: <laughs> From Oiler Cat, any word if Taylor Bratt is going to get some additional staff with some coaching salary money opening up?
2: Haven't. I mean, nothing has been announced. This, asking this question reminds me it's time to revisit that.
0: Yeah. I, that's why I wanted to bring it. I, it's been asked before. I haven't had the answer to it. I finally just wanted to get that out there and clear it up. We don't know because we haven't gotten anything official. We haven't asked yet. We'll dig into it a little bit. But uh, as it sits right now, and based on what I've seen in terms of, of recruiting on the Twitter world and everything, it still looks like it's... Taylor Bratt and Hank Jacobs doing the main, you know, I mean, coaches, yes. but
2: And there are younger guys that help out. But as far yeah, as yeah. the question being full-time people that really pitch in, not that we're aware of directly on recruiting. We'll get an answer. We'll probably
0: have a couple of press conferences here in a few weeks. We could probably ask that question.
2: I mean, like our former photographer, Emily Starkey, actually works for football. That salary was added and she's the one that takes all the pictures of all the recruits when they come in. She does a lot of – she does the photography games, one of them. She does a lot of things to promote recruiting, but she's not recruiting. So she's kind of a fringe recruiting person. That position was added. Um, and they needed to build up the social end of recruiting, which they've done a great job with. But you're right. They need more help in the raw you know, development. And You know, maybe there's people – their full-time jobs are actually hosting which Taylor kind of does, and it wouldn't be a bad idea to have someone that can just carry that and be in charge of that.
3: From Cam Wildcat, I was really hoping to see Connor Fox get in a few games last year at tight end to get him a little experience. Do you know or have coaches
0: addressed what held him back? I mean, the way you got to look at it is they had Blaze Gammon and they had Nick Lenners as the starters. And they were very pro- – I mean, l- yes, they had a lot of drops. They weren't great tight ends, but they were productive. Right. They did what they needed to do. And then they had Sammy Wheeler, who was very a very good third option at tight end until he blew out his knee.
2: Um. Yeah, sure, maybe I would have liked to have seen him on Logan the field. Logan Long moved into that. Yeah, field. oh, Logan Long. Yeah, they, about him. they just had too much traffic in front of him, I think. I mean, it, to play him, you weren't going to play someone else. And he never asserted his ability, apparently, to displace one of those guys.
0: I, yes, I wish we could have seen him just because, but I I wish we could have seen all the freshmen, you know, I, it's tough to get 20 some players onto the field and truly evaluate some raw potential and, oh yeah, by the way, you're trying to win big 12 football games.
2: Yeah. They didn't have coming down the home stretch, you know, the last half of the season, they didn't have a big home blowout where those guys would be dressed and you could get them into the game and they were in competitive games. so. Then now that isn't the time you start messing with stuff, unless you really believe them believe in them like some of those freshman running backs. Now, if a guy like Connor Fox doesn't see the field this coming season, then yeah, it starts to become a topic it's it's gonna some of these guys that didn't play uh, didn't do the four games or fewer this season. It'll be interesting to see where they fit in come spring.
3: From Purple Powerhouse. Does our team really need Ben Newman to come around and make rah-rah speeches and drop contrived slogans like pound the stone in order to motivate the team? I love almost everything about the new regime, but that's probably my least favorite aspect of it.
0: I think it was a really cool way to get people to buy into the new culture and new coaches and everything, and it got people excited on social media. And it's still going to get people excited on social media. I have a little i have a slight problem with how much Ben Newman likes to take credit for what's happening on the field mm-hmm. That's my only problem with it. It seems like his social media he considers himself a coach
2: direct to success I'm not a big fan of it i've been you know i i see that why they have him, but is that still needed into the future? I'm not sure. Pound the stone isn't his phrase. He borrowed it. I find it interesting that Purple Powerhouse is a weights guy, and this is what he's – he agrees that, I mean, you've got a weight, strength and conditioning guy. Coach Dawson's pretty motivating in himself.
0: He's got to stick around, though. I mean, him and yeah. Kleiman have been friends for God knows how
2: many years. are tight. I mean, the connection at North Dakota State was Chris Kleiman, not the program. He's no longer involved in Fargo. Here's what's interesting is he doesn't just do K-State. Oh, no. He's at so Alabama, man. He's got other basketball programs. He's got other Michigan State basketball. He's got non-revenue sports he does. I mean, this is his job. He's on retainer, basically, from a bunch of programs to fly around and kind of be their motivator. What a job. Read a bunch of motivational books. Borrow what you can. And carve your own shtick out and put together some good over-the-top speeches and get paid six figures.
3: If you're tired of pound the stone now, just wait until the marketing department pounds that stone into the ground for
0: the next five years. Keep pounding. If I hear win the dang day one time after spring ball starts, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) I'm going to lose it, man.
2: Pound the dang stone.
0: (laughs) I'm with you, Uh, yeah,
3: Marking's going to be interesting this year. Last question on the podcast from Powercat Ryan.
0: How will not having a spring game affect the type of coverage you'd like to have? I don't think it's actually going to affect us at all. Um I mean aside from the actual game itself, where all we did was like covered like notes about what we saw on the field.
2: We're still going to I mean I assume we're now still if this going was under coach Snyder it would be a disaster. Yeah. But we get lots of opportunities under coach Kleiman to go to portions of practice, little, little snippets here, to go see, uh, you know, to have players in spring. What Coach Snyder have? would pretty much open the door the first early in spring practice. It wouldn't even be before spring practice. It would be like four or five practices in. And then we might have one in the middle, but I think that went away. And then we ended up with the one after the game.
0: What did we have last year, like three maybe press conferences? It
2: was basically weekly, yeah. I think we got coaches we got a each couple coordinator.
0: Yeah, I mean like we got a lot of media opportunities last year and I don't know I don't know if they're going to be the same amount this year. Um I think a lot of the reason we got so much media was trying to meet the new coaches for the first time and really talk to them a lot, but I hope we get the same amount and to my knowledge we will, so we'll we'll see, but the, the spring football coverage is not about was never about the game last year. It was about everything leading up to the game. Everything about practice, what it meant moving forward. We hardly did any spring game coverage. So. And yeah. we'll still
2: have Zach's highlight video. I'll miss that's, filming the, the game. The biggest thing that's, is we don't get game highlights, yeah. which are better video than practice stuff. That's the biggest thing. Really. I lose. Everybody else wins. And that's the way we need it to be. <laughs> we like it that way. That's been it for this podcast. That's it for this podcast. I guess that's what I meant to say. The podcast is over. <laughs> that's where I'm trying to go with this. Shout out to our uh, guy, Purple Powerhouse. He, too, is a fellow cancer warrior. He is going through chemotherapy while teaching school. I don't know how he's doing this. Teaching, I think, a bunch of junior high kids while undergoing chemotherapy. Well, not at the same time. That'd be weird to have them standing around you. I I would argue that they would learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Keep fighting, buddy. Stage four lung cancer in the battle. Blessings to you. The whole Wabash Station crowd is behind you. Keep fighting. And that's it for this week's podcast. We will be back on Friday with an overtime. And it's going to be funny. Damn it. It's going to be funny.
1: You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. Go powercat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. Drag
3: queens save-
1: RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. And for the first time ever... I want
2: you to use your talent for good for a change.
1: (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season
0: streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms of 5.